Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. How are you doing, nice. Mr. Denley? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? I am great. Awesome. Hey, guys. Uh, while everybody's kind of piling in here, I want to thank you for coming to today's uh, creative soloing workshop session. Today, we're talking about creative scale patterns. Creative scale patterns. This could be really cool. Uh, while you're coming in here, guys, Steve and I always love to see like where you're from. So just if you don't mind telling us where you're from, we have... Uh, Customers now at Guitar Zoom from over a hundred different countries, which is pretty astonishing. That's considering. awesome. Yeah, yeah. And um, so we love to see where you guys are from. Maybe if you wanted to tell us today kind of what your main uh, soloing goals are, that would be cool. We'd love to see that. If you have any questions for us as we go along here, please post them in the comments. Everything that we're going to talk about today, guys, is included in Steve's brand new guitar course. It's called Creative Soloing by Steve Stein, and it's available at guitarzoom.com. That's Z-O-O-M, like Mary, .com. If someone would be cool enough to put that in the comment section, that would be really cool. I would really appreciate that. So I'm Dan Denley, founder of Guitar Zoom. This is my good friend, Steve Stein, who needs no introduction. Um, Steve, today we're talking about intervals and kind of these creative scale patterns we've done a session on uh on on intervals already today we're kind of taking that and expanding it a little bit and by the way guys if you want to watch that previous session you can just subscribe hit notify to get notified of the next one also if you want to watch the previous ones they'll be available for you on a playlist at the youtube channel that you're watching this at right now and um and we've already covered meandering in one of those sessions. We covered uh, phrasing. We covered intervallic soloing. And today we're talking about creative skill patterns. So tell us about creative skill patterns, Steve. Where do we start with this? Sure. Um, basically, again, when I was younger, learning how to play patterns, and, and I'm just picking a space on the guitar. You could use any scale you want. But I'm basically going to be using kind of the G major, E minor kind of scale, right? So if I took... I, what I'm doing right now is I'm looking on the fifth string here at five, seven, nine, and then five, seven, nine, and then five, seven, nine, and then seven, eight, ten, seven, eight, ten. Which could be very functional as an E minor scale. Or it sounds great over G major. Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm playing what's referred to as a spread fingering pattern or a three note per string pattern. And basically what you do is you take a scale and this works, it can be done with pentatonic too, but, but we're going to be looking at this from a, a major scale or diatonic perspective. 
So what you do is you take the notes of the scale and you, you put three notes on each string. And the guitar creates a really unique amount of symmetry by doing this. You'll notice when I play that, I'm playing, again, 579, 579, 579. So it's a little bit easier to memorize, and when you try and play things that are a little bit faster, um, it creates this, this normal kind of quick fluid motion because everything is so symmetrical. So it, it's something that's really important to learn how to play if you ever want to learn play to learn excuse me, if you ever want to learn to play things that get a little bit faster. Now, I spent years playing these, you know, with all this kind of hammer-on, pull-off-y sort of thing. And I remember a number of years ago learning what, what I had heard as referred to as a 2-1-2 pattern, which I thought was really unique. Again... The 2-1-2? The 2-1-2, right. Okay. And if you think about it, again... We talked about before how this intervallic idea creates more space between the notes so it doesn't sound like you're just simply playing a scale. So what you do is you take this, what I'm doing right here, we're, we're again, 579, 579, 579, and then I'm playing 8, 7, 10, 8, 7, 10. Just as an example, you could do this anywhere on the guitar. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to play two notes on a string, and then one note on a string, and then two notes on a string, and then one note on a string, instead of playing three notes on each string. Mm -hmm. And you'll notice, obviously, it's going to create larger intervallic uh, movements. So what I'm going to do is go to the fifth fret of the fifth string. I'm going to go from five to nine, which already you can hear that intervallic difference there. And then what on the next string, what I'm going to do is go to the seventh fret. anything about arpeggios it's going to start sounding a lot like an arpeggio to you the difference is again you're not turning on your logical arpeggio brain and going well if you're over e minor you should be playing the root third fifth you're just looking for creative ways of moving through uh these patterns mm. and then dan and i are actually going to talk more about actual arpeggios in a little while here too in another workshop but so i'm playing two notes and then i'm playing one note and then I'm playing two notes on the next string, so I'm going to play 5-9 again on the next string. Now that normal sound you might think of as uh, an arpeggio takes kind of a crazy turn there. But you get this really unique sound. Now on the next string, I'm going to play another one. So I could go to 7, 8, or 10. Well, this again is where when we get to escape routes, this is going to be logical here. I'm going to go to an 8, which is going to set me up logically for a 7 and a 10 on the next string. So the fingering makes logical sense more so than the logic of the arpeggio itself. It's the way it feels as I move across the fretboard. And see, I can always turn it around. I can always come out of that and then do something that's more directed toward a G major or an E minor or whatever it is I might be doing. Again, that might get a little bit deep right now. But so what, what I'm asking you to do is sort of disconnect yourself from the logic of, well, if I'm playing an E minor, if, if the chord being played underneath me is an E minor, I should be playing an E minor arpeggio or something like that. I'm not saying that that's wrong. 
It's not wrong at all. What I'm saying is we're looking for creativity. So we're looking for creativity in, in the way we're playing and we're looking for creativity in the sounds that we make. Mm -hmm. Okay? So I'm going five, nine, seven. Five, nine, eight. And then seven, ten. And see, I can end it at that E if I choose to, to bring it back around. To give it the sound of that G major if I choose to, or, mm -hmm. or excuse me, E minor, or if I want a G major. I could wrap it up at the end with something to make it sound a bit more like G major. And so the note that you're ending on is kind of determining whether it sounds major or minor. Yeah, well, and, and maybe not even just the note, but the collection of notes. Like I might do more of an arpeggio ID at the end to give that G major sound or, or a little bit more of an E minor sound. But again, we're going to get a little bit more of that. These all tie together. So the beauty of it is, is if you understand the idea of intervallic playing, and now all of a sudden you're looking at a, a diatonic scale, a three note per string idea, we're still doing intervallic playing. But you're thinking to yourself, well, how can I do that? Okay, well, you could jump all over the place, no doubt about it. But the nice thing about this 212 idea is it kind of tells you, hey, play two notes on a string and then one note on a string. Now, there's no, you know, religious application to this you could play two and two and one or two and one and one right and you can see how if you know anything about arpeggios on the on the guitar that's generally what we do like when you make an arpeggio it's built off two notes or one note on a string mm -hmm. what we're doing is we're just we're defying that logic at this point so let's say i wanted to flip this over let's say i started with the seventh fret of the fifth string which is e so i'm playing one note and again, notice I'm not playing an outside note. Notice I'm playing an inside note. Again, this is that escape route idea we're going to get to sometime in the future. Okay, so I'm on my middle finger right now. Well, that means look who's available. My first and, th and third or my first and pinky are available. So I'm going to go to a two note pattern on the next string. Which then if I want to follow it with a one. And then a two. And then a one. Or, or, you see, I can change it up however I like. What I like to do with this particular pattern is I'll play one, two, two again, and then one, and then two. So the notes I'm playing are seven, five, nine, five, nine, eight, and then seven, ten and I get this sound. And again, that will go wherever it chooses to. But you can hear that nice distance in between there. That's the coolest sound. Well, it's really neat, yeah, and and um, I, I don't remember when I was first introduced to this, but it was a while ago, but I remember thinking it's so cool because if you think about the logic of your fingers, if you're playing three notes on, on each string, that three note per string idea, it's a little harder to do if you're not thinking about things in, in terms of three note per string, but if you're thinking about it in three note per string terms, 
it's really great because it lays itself out really nicely. And again, if you kind of disconnect yourself from the logic of thinking root third fifth and all that kind of stuff, and you just go with the, the way it sounds, you can really come up with some really great stuff. So what I do is I just move somewhere. Let's say I moved, you'll notice I was playing in this idea of playing five, seven, and nine, and I started on the fifth string. I could have started anywhere, but that's where I was. Well, let's say I moved up and I played seven, nine, and 10, right? Just another position of E minor or G major, however you want to look at it, okay? Well, I could play two, one, two here as well, okay? If you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, go to guitarzoom.com and consider becoming a premium member. There are three memberships to choose from. VIP, which gives you instant access to a library of short but powerful courses as well as new bite-sized lessons each month. There's also Play Songs that gives you step-by-step -step lessons so you can learn to play your favorite songs fast. And finally, there's Masterclass, university-level training on everything from soloing to music theory, from blues to home recording. For more info about these memberships and all the premium courses available to you, go to guitarzoom.com. Now back to the podcast. Now what I would do is I would play seven to 10. Next string I would play nine. Because again, I'm playing inside, right? I'm playing outside and then I'm moving inside. I'm not making it difficult for myself. I'm making the position very easy. And then the next string I would play seven and 11. Sounds quite nice. And then the next string, I would play 10, and then eight and 12. So I get. And again, all those other things we've been talking about in all these other workshops, I'd be using when I'm descending, like stuff, right? Sliding, meandering, all of these things I'm using at the same time. So, you know, there's a, there's a thousand ways to do this two one two. I just want you to start thinking if you're the kind of player that knows uh, some of your three note per string patterns. And of course, Dan has already mentioned in some of the other workshops that we have a fretboard guitar course. This is the kind of stuff that you learn. And I'm just applying that two one two idea to these various positions. It's awesome. Yeah, the course that Steve's referring to, guys, is called Unlocking the Fretboard Connection. It's one of our most popular courses. You can uh, see all the information about unlocking the fretboard connection at Guitar Zoom. Um, the, the course that we're that all of these workshops that we're doing right now for you, it's all tied into creative soloing. And so it's about taking the stuff that you already know and then building on that and actually making your guitar solo sound more musical, more creative, more expressive, using these little techniques that you can weave into your guitar solos. Today, we happen to be talking about these intervallic patterns, this 2-1-2 approach or the 1-2-1 one, one approach, which is just talking about which um, how many notes you play per string. So you play two notes per string, one note per string, right? Exactly right. Or you can flip it. And of course, you could take this and expand it into like three notes per string and two notes per string, like a three-two-three pattern. Steve has all do all kinds of things. That's right. Right. Well, and and like let's go back to the original one I had here. This five-seven-nine that I was doing, I could do like a three-one-three, right? Mm -hmm. 
and it's going to sound really interesting that way too. Now, of course, the more notes I add, the, the smaller the intervals are going to get in various spots, right? Because I'm adding more notes into the scale, but that's okay. That, that's not bad. It's not like everything needs to be wide intervals. I'm just saying, just be aware of it. You know, and sometimes you just want to like a fast little pattern. You know, that goes up the fretboard and those are fine too. There's lots of different ways you can approach this. I'm just saying, if you can visualize some element of your fretboard, you can start thinking about things in terms of like that 2-1-2 two, two, and it gives you at least a parameter to go, okay, well, I'm gonna play two notes on this string and then I have to choose one note on the next string, okay? Well, which note do I wanna choose? Well, I don't want you to think in terms of theory right now. I just want you to think, well, what note would give you the sound of that interval that you're looking for or that distance that you're looking for but more importantly, what's going to be comfortable for your fingers? So you're not making the job even harder. You're always looking for an escape route. You're looking for an easy way of, of allowing your fingers to naturally do what, what, whatever parameter you've set, you're allowing them to find the easiest way to move from point A to point B. Right. This is really cool. Guys, I just want to caution you about one thing. Couple, actually a couple of things. One, please remember that Steve's been playing and teaching for like 30 years. And so this stuff that just rolls off the ends of his fingers is very natural to him. Um, and don't think, well, I could never do that. Yes, you can. Oh yeah. Okay. And the other thing that I would uh, encourage you about is these different patterns um, are a tool to be used in your, in your solo. It's not... It's not an either or, like either I play it like this or I play it like that. It's just one tool in your arsenal. I like to say like you have this massive uh, tool shed, you know, of like all these things you can like pull out for specific things that you want to do um, and add them into your solos and make them sound musical, creative, uh, expressive. And that's really what creative soloing is all about this entire course. And if you're watching this, you're like, well, this is kind of like over my head or I'm not really following what Steve's talking about. That's okay because just recognize that this is one workshop, okay? This is one topic that we happen to be talking about today. So if, obviously, if you missed the previous topics um, or the previous sessions, you can go back and watch those. They're available for you on the playlist. And more importantly, if this is something you're like, yes, I want to learn how to do this, that's why Steve created the course for you. It's called creative soloing. So if you're not getting all of it, it's because we can't cover everything in one session. That's why Steve created the course. It's called creative soloing. It's available at guitarzoom.com. Okay, my friend, what else? This well, is super fascinating. A, yeah, I think that's enough for now. I just want to remind uh, the viewers that it's really important the goal with all of this is each time we're, we're doing a workshop, it's to give you a different perspective on creativity. And for some people, it hits them right, right between the eyes and they go, that's, I get it. And for some people, they're not quite where that is. But the whole point is, is that to start thinking differently about the scale that you're playing. Like when you play pentatonics, like let's just say I went to, you know, again, A minor pentatonic. <laughs> A minor pentatonic is already a two, 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 two pattern, right? It's already a two pattern. 
So if you think about it in that perspective, now could you make it into a two-one-two pattern? Absolutely, you could make it into a two-one pattern. Two-one-two. You'd play two notes, and then one note, and then two notes, and then one note, and then two notes, and then one note. Now, because the pentatonic scale is a little bit smaller, it's not going to have as big an intervallic effect in terms of tone. That's why I wanted to show you the the diatonic version because there's more notes for, from us to choose from. Pentatonic only has five, diatonic has seven, so we have more notes to choose from from that. But could you apply it to a pentatonic perspective? Absolutely, you could apply it to anything, okay? And of course, you can shift them at any time if I went... Sometimes what I'll do is I'll take these two one two things and I'll apply them to multiple pentatonics at the same time. So the point is, is that it doesn't matter whether you know one pentatonic position or two pentatonic positions or a diatonic position. There's no doubt that any of these things require a little bit of time and practice. And if you don't know the scale underneath in the first place, it's certainly a good idea to start with learning that scale. I mean, if you don't know how to play an E minor spread fingering, uh, you know, three note per string scale, you're not really going to, you could apply it, but it's going to be hard to actually use it in the real world, right? But that mm. might be, again, the signal for you to go, maybe I should learn my my three note per string scales a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Hey, I wanted to read a comment, uh, Steve, we got here from Jay. Uh, and uh, I don't want to say his last name in case he's freaked out about people knowing his last name. Anyway, it comes from Jay. And he says, I've subscribed to a gazillion online guitar instructors. I have to say yours is differentiated by the substance, value, and expertise you provide. By far one of the best. Your method of instruction clearly shows that you really know how to teach guitar. And I think that comment, Steve, is pretty typical of the why you've been so successful is that in, in case you guys are new to Steve, I happen to know him personally and um, I've worked for, work with him for many years. And I can tell you, he's one of the most genuine, authentic people I've ever met. And if you, the guy that you see sitting right there is the exact same guy that will sit next to you and have a beer and just like talk about whatever you want to talk about. And, um, and the point I'm driving at is if Steve and his, teaching of style, uh, teaching style resonates with you. Pay attention to that because every great guitar player or um, whether they're on a record label or whether they're just a great player in a local community or whether they just play really well in their bedroom, every single person has a mentor. They have a guide. It's, we don't learn in a vacuum. We don't learn like just by wishful thinking. We have to have someone to show us the way. And two of my favorite examples, Stevie Ray Vaughan learned from his older brother. I don't know if you guys know that. Stevie Ray Vaughan also learned a lot from um, Albert King. And uh, so he had a mentor and Kirk Hammett, you know who his mentor was? It was Joe Satriani. And another guy you may have heard of named Steve Vai studied with Joe Satriani. So the idea that we learn like in this vacuum, um, it's just a fallacy. So the point I'm driving at is guys, if, if like Jay, Steve's teaching method and teaching style resonates with you, um, latch onto that because a great teacher can help you go from wherever you are to wherever you want to be. 
and be that guide for you so that you're the person on the journey who's succeeding, who's becoming more and more musical, who's becoming, who's having more fun, frankly, just playing because the better you are, the more fun it is to play. If you're enjoying all of that, um, then I encourage you to check out Steve's course. It's called Creative Soloing. It's by a guy named Steve Stein and it's available for you at guitarzoom.com. I'm super excited for this course, Steve, and I, I think it's it's going to be a huge success and help a lot of people, which is really the whole point. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm excited too. And I'm so glad that everybody decided to show up and hang out with us. And hopefully this gives you a little more insight and a little thing to think about in terms of your playing. And again, the most important thing is just take a, take a breath and don't rush anything. Just try and find the, the most important stuff that seems like it's speaking to you and utilize those things. Sage advice, my friend. Okay, guys, thank you so much for being here. Again, if you want to get notified of the set of the next uh, creative workshop that we're going to be doing, creative soloing uh, workshops, just hit the subscribe button and uh, hit the notification. You'll get a notification of when we're going live next. Again, all of these are going to be available for you on the YouTube channel. You can watch them. If you missed any sessions, you can go back and check them out. Thank you. Thanks again for being here, Steve. I always enjoy it, man. It's a highlight of my day to hang out with you. So thank you, brother. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dan. And thank you everybody for being here and we'll talk soon. Cool. Thanks. Bye everybody. Next time on the Steve Stein guitar podcast. So let's say for instance, again, we're looking at E minor. Okay. So what I'm going to do is here is I'm going to play an E minor arpeggio using the, the root, the third and the fifth, if you know what that is. And if you don't, it, it's okay. All right because uh, you can use the things I show you and you're gonna be able to visualize the patterns that I show you as well. So let's say we put our pinky on the seventh fret of the fifth string and we go from there to the fifth fret of the next string and the fourth fret of the next string. So right there we're playing the root, the third, and the fifth of an E minor uh, chord. And again, if you don't know what that means, it's okay. Then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take that same idea and I'm going to slide into a new position and I'm going to play those same notes again. I'm playing the ninth fret of the third string, the eighth fret of the second string, and the seventh fret of the first string. And it sounds quite nice. And then I'm going to end that by heading up to the twelfth fret of the first string. Hey, Steve Stein here from GuitarZoom.com, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can I ask you a favor? Please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Your feedback means more to me than you'll ever know. And be sure to check out my YouTube channels where you'll find over 1,000 videos to help you with your guitar playing. Thanks again for listening. Stay positive, keep playing, and keep having fun. If you'd like some help with your guitar playing but you're not sure how to get started, go to guitarzoom.com and look for the Help Me Choose survey. By answering a few simple questions, you'll get Steve's personal recommendation of the perfect course for you. All this and more is available for you at guitarzoom.com.